Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. It's earnings season. I got a lot to talk about, and we will talk about 800 516-1220 to get your calls on the air. World Series is over. We're moving towards the end of the year and uh, moving towards a very political year next year. House is voting on an impeachment resolution. Very dramatic stuff. It could be must-see TV sometime in 2020. When will the court case get started on TV is a question, right? You should know these things. They can move your stocks. Markets opened essentially in the red today. Apple's up. Facebook's up. Starbucks is up. Lyft is up. And yet the markets are lower. All four of them came in after the bell yesterday and reported better than expected results. The only, I'm not going to say shady one in there, is Lyft. Those are all brand names. Everyone's favorite story yesterday was the markets came off a nice post-FOMC meeting where the Fed seems basically unlikely to raise the target range for the Fed funds rate anytime soon, and Wall Street will party. And that's what Wall Street did. Now, what's the headline spoiler today? Trade talks, Chinese officials. We gotta have something that's gonna get us upset, right? Chinese officials are having their doubts about a comprehensive trade deal ultimately being reached. Something kind of fell apart yesterday. The US and China was supposed to meet in Chile soon. And Chile is having structural problems in their economy to the point that the people don't want a big summit there. They want bread on the table or chicken on a table or something, right? China also reported some softer than expected manufacturing numbers. There's a little bit of dampening stuff out there. First time on initial claims for the United States ending in the week of October 26 rose to 218,000. 
it's a good number. It's not a great number. I mean, it's not the greatest number we've ever had. We are laying off people. But um, initial jobless claims, you've been fired. Now go to the unemployment office. Where's the unemployment office? Now go online and figure out what to do. The employment cost index came out, showed a little bit of inflation. Wages and salaries for civilian workers out there up 2.9% year over year. It's not bad in theory. I question how many of those are new states starting higher minimum wages. Personal income rose three tenths of percent in September. All okay numbers. Yesterday, the 10 year treasury hit 1.85%. We seem to be out of the woods of the 1.55, 1.65 range where people go, what is happening in the U.S. economy that we're this freaked out? But that's still anything under three and a half percent or three percent. If you were to say a new norm would be three percent, anything under three and a half percent on the 10 year treasury tells you that people are stressed. They're hiding money in safety. China had some weak economic data, so there's, there's reason to be skittish. Bank of Japan left its key policy rate unchanged. Alrighty then. Twitter CEO did something fantastic yesterday. Moments before Facebook announced their earnings, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said Twitter will no longer be taking political advertising globally. That include campaign ads from political candidates and issue-based ads on topics like climate change or abortion. The move comes just weeks after Facebook said, we will not block false political advertising. People have the right to free speech and to paid free speech. Wow. Is that true, do you think? Zuckerberg basically said a couple weeks ago, he's on record now saying, if you want to lie in a political ad, Facebook will take your money. Wow, 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 wow. I can't get on air on air and say, I guarantee you'll make 10% or a guaranteed 9% rate of return in real estate. I can't do that. I can't lie. The, the powers that be that oversee broadcasting in radio and television and in financial planning, they're standards. I can't go into a movie theater and scream fire. Otherwise, I'll go to jail. So why can we take political ads that blatantly falsely lie, it's going to be an interesting year because Dorsey's getting into a thing now with Zuckerberg. And when billionaires fight, it is a good slap. They, they, they take off the gloves, right? Dorsey said this week, last week, when uh, he was asked about would he ever join Zuckerberg and Facebook with their Libra, their cryptocurrency project. And he goes, hell no. Not just now. But hell no. So the ball's in court now on Facebook. They had a great quarter. I like the stock. I think it's growing at a reasonable valuation. Is that good enough for you the, of an endorsement? Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. Anything can happen. It can be a bad political year, which Facebook has said we're going to spend a ton of money this year. So it's an infrastructure year for 2020, according to Zucks. Changing gears. Apple's quarter had huge AirPod growth. It had huge wearable business growth. 
an astounding 50% clip. Now, I'm, I'm not one to exaggerate. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. I'm not one to exaggerate. But 50% wearable growth is stunning. Apple is beating AirPods forecast weekly right now. Double-digit growth is sustainable. I The Apple AirPods Pro that they just silently dropped on the market two days ago, it's 250 bucks. Do you remember when we'd be like, I need a new headset? Or do you remember when you put like wire, uh, really, uh, when you had a Sony Walkman and the, the, the quality of the air, of the air, uh, the head pair, <laughs> speakers, um, the quality just wasn't there. And he's like, 10, 15 bucks. And you're like, oh, it broke. Oh. 250. Apple has got us spending $250 to listen to our, our stuff. If you look at like a sound bar that you could buy for your TV, they, they range 250 to 1000 right? Little AirPods. We laughed at them when we first saw them. I got a pair almost instantly. Still have them. They're still rocking it. Filthy. I need to... Ugh. I'm one of those people who has a filthy AirPod case. You want to try mine on? Don't ever try my AirPods on. Um, Apple's wearables unit has room to grow. There's a lot of iPhone owners who don't have an Apple Watch or AirPods. The Apple Watch revenue grew 24%, the most popular watch on the planet. AirPods revenue grew 107%, and the AirPod Pros coming out like perfect for the hot Christmas gift item this year. Just throwing it out there for you. Real good quarter. Apple hit an all-time high recently. Uh, and I, I think they have the market performance in them. I don't think it's going to get you into a lot of trouble. I don't think it's going to hit a massive home run for you. It's having a great year. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in November. I'm coming out to speak. You can learn a little bit more about it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we're a little bit more than halfway through earnings season right now. And the markets are pulling off all-time highs. It's interesting to note, right? Earnings weren't a problem last night, but this morning we're a little bit like, okay, maybe what's next? People keep asking me about would I buy PG&E. The answer is no. There used to be a skit on television in living color. I want to say Damon Wayans. It could have been Marlon Wayans. Homie the Clown. Could have been a different Wayans brother. But the kids would come up to Homie the Clown. He's an African-American clown who's got a little bit of, how should we say, ghetto in him. They would come up to the clown and say... Hey, homie, hey, homie, hey, homie, can you make give me a balloon? And he goes, homie, don't play that game. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at when it comes to would I buy PG&E. The New York Times did an amazing article yesterday on will 
PG&E survived the California wildfires. And they looked at the hedge funds and fire victims and public officials, all who have a stake in the giant utility, now in bankruptcy. If you've never read the New York Times, I highly recommend it. Could be a good stocking stuffer for people that you love and care about. Um, I think a subscription's unbelievably um, helpful to understanding the business world. I think the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, all do a very, very nice job. And great article on it. Again, I'm not going to be going after investing in the wildfire angle that way. I will note that Generac is a company that has a lot of momentum tied towards the PG&E power cuts. I talked about it recently. As grim as it may be, the backup generator maker Generac is soaring as power gets cut off in the Bay Area. People freak out. I've seen more people ask for a generator than I've ever seen in my life. Now, again, I don't live near a hurricane alley or a tornado alley. I don't live anywhere near any of that. California used to be this, like, we had moderate, mild temperatures. But now we are leading the demand in the country for generators. Caught totally off guard. What happens when you get caught totally off guard? Someone makes big money. For Generac, they've seen a three to 400% increase in volumes coming into California. So then I start wondering, would I chase this stock? Homie, don't play that game. I'd look for maybe a 50-day moving average or a 200-day moving average, 50-day if you're more short-term, 200-day if you're more long-term. It's got a $5.6 billion market cap. It can move up, but what do they have after generators? And I guess generators have a lifespan and they have to be replaced. They have a 75% market share of the residential home generator space. They've installed 2 million generators in family homes across the United States out of an estimated... How many single-family homes do you think there are in the U.S.? 52 million, roughly. So market pullback, I'd be interested. But in the middle of a wildfire, you're paying a premium price. In the middle of a hurricane, you're paying a premium price for the stock. Do I think the trend's still there? Yes, I do. In large part, you had an executive come out from PG&E recently who said it could be a decade 10 years of power outages. Someone on my street asked, how do you power a CPAP machine? It's honestly as if people have never lost power. If you've ever been overseas, you lose power. But yeah, again, it brings up uh, a lot of good ideas as far as how we can make money as investors. Apple's laying the groundwork for an iPhone subscription. Don't even want to talk about that right now. They had a nice quarter. They're moving up nicely. Um, but the the go-go days, how long can the wearables have run? The one thing that Apple has that uh, it kills companies like Samsung and Google is they've got R&D. Google's not making a lot of money on their hardware. Samsung loses money because they, they, they shoot for the moon trying to outdo Apple. But Samsung's got other diversification that at some point in time people are going to get tired of their uh, loss leader, so to speak. So what's Apple got coming up next year? I don't know, but people laughed at the watch. People laughed at the AirPods. Uh, 
Steve Ballmer said the phone will never catch on. There is an ecosystem there, and I'll, I'll tell you what. Having a speaker made by Apple is unbelievably easy to play my music. The ecosystem is what I like at my age. I don't like I don't like troubleshooting anymore. Nearly one in four Americans without a credit card don't qualify. Here's some problems that you may run into if you're trying to qualify for a credit card. You may not have enough of a credit history. It's weird. You need a you need credit to earn credit. To have a good credit score. So typically you can go with like a secured credit card. Another reason you may be denied is low income or unemployed. Why would you get a credit card if you don't have an ability to pay it back is obvious to the people lending you money. If you have a history of missed payments, you can get turned down. If you carry too much debt or if it starts jumping up on a, a quarterly basis or a monthly basis, they see the creep. <laughs> too many credit inquiries. That's a classic one. And sometimes you just don't meet the age. Did you know that the Credit Card Act of 2009 prohibit card issuers from extending credit to applicants under 21? Unless they could get a co-signer or show proof of income. Don't forget to check your credit on occasion at annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. You can get up to three credit reports per year. If you've never done it, think about it. If you're close to a work printer today, go to annualcreditreport.com. See what it looks like. See if it's right. See if there's mistakes on it. See if it's got your right mailing addresses. It's a good exercise. Don't pull don't pull it for your dog or anything like that. Let's not get too crazy. Anyhow, and anyway, it's Rob Black. I'm talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. And find me at the next seminar at newfocusfinancial.com. Happy Halloween from Rob Black and his coffin at Cron, his Cronfin. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 investing in more. Trying to make the complicated simple when it comes to financial ideas for you. Long-term care insurance. Why do you care? Well, I can tell you that my mom's been on long-term care for the last few years. It's work that I don't have to do or feel obligated to do as her son. Is that horrible of me to say? Probably is. Some cultures want mom and dad as they age to be in the home. 
as we all, you know, from the cradle to the grave, become the world needing people, we leave the world needing people. And that's what long-term care does. It helps people who have needs. For instance, do you want extended care? Do you want long-term care? Do you want in-home care? Home modifications as part of your insurance? Assisted living, which is kind of where my mother is at this point in time. We did the in-home care, step one. The home modifications were thought of as my mother aged. But she was very stubborn. My father passed away over 20 years ago. My mother was stubborn to change things. I think it's fair to say she loved one man her whole life. But when we did the in-home care and her mind started to slip, she started accusing the caregiver of stealing stuff from her. Very common, right? You see it in movies. That's what I mean by very common. If you've seen it in a movie, it's, it's become mainstream. But there's four or five ways of looking at long-term care. At some point in time... You're going to need help getting dressed, eating, bathing, tracking your medicines. So that's the pretty side of, of long-term care and long-term care insurance. The dressing, eating, and bathing. These are activities of daily living, ADLs. You may start on the extreme side need... Instead of dressing, people helping you with your continents. Adult diapers. Ugh. Right? Or toileting. My mother, as she aged, she had a couple strokes. And, uh, you know, it, it was humbling as a kid. Or, you know, me as an adult, because as a kid, she took care of me. So watching the parent age is you want to do everything you can for them. And then it got to the point where I was like, I can't do any more. She wouldn't want me to do more, but I can help fund it and you know, I can help support other family members who are helping out. So there's a lot going on with long-term care. And long-term care insurance can help families because it reduces the financial burden. My mom is now in assisted living kind of nursing home assisted living is is nice it's got some dignity before you go to the nursing home and before you go to hospice so long-term care insurance covers in-home care that's great have a nurse come to the house and make sure your meds look good or have someone come and clean up a little bit home modifications so that when you do have a stroke and you slip and you break your hip or you're just too weak to get back up. Home modifications are smart. The old I've fallen and I can't get up. It happens. My mom uh, fell one day out of her bed, which... Do you remember in the day? I don't know. I don't understand. It seems like the bed's a little too high. And when you get older, you're balancing the greatest. And if you miss medication or you over-medicate yourself, you're going to fall and you're going to break the stuff. So my mom was in a house that... You know, my brother David would call me and say, she's going to eventually die in this house. So me and my brother David and my sister Susan came up with a way to you know, get her into assistant living. 
after that, it's going to be uglier. And assisted living's seventy thousand, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. Sometimes it, it jumps up a little bit more as they have to do more nursing and, and doctor visits. But it's not pretty. So, in my opinion. But why do we care about long-term care insurance? Because it helps families. Like I said, reduce the financial burden of $70,000, $80,000 a year. You can choose where you want to have your care, which gives you a lot of independence. If it's in-home care, home modifications, assistant living. And hopefully, you know, there's enough money and there's enough insurance out there to help fill gaps in long-term care. Long-term care is real. And one of the things I throw out there is I tend to think that long-term care is more of a woman's issue. And again, maybe that's the sexist Rob Black glaringly showing his flaws. That, you know, I've seen more men men die earlier and men tend to marry younger, right? So my mom was doing a lot of long-term care for my dad. My dad's long been warm food and not able to do long-term care for my mom, right? Now, he did work in the military, so he did give her, leave her some benefits tied towards long-term care. You know, in the military, you may have to fight for your country, and you may have to die, and you may have to do things like that, but they do tend to take pretty good care of their, their people with, with benefits. One area that a lot of people don't like talking about, and I can make it as simple as possible, is estate planning. And estate planning is one of those topics that if you have a house in the state of California, you should probably get a trust. So as to avoid probate for your heirs. Maybe you want to skip a trust if you don't have heirs, or you don't care about your heirs. But there's five simple things with estate planning. You need a trust. Or a will. That's two of the five. You need to understand the concept of probate, power of attorney, and the advanced health care directive. Picasso and Prince both died without a will. Who is the better genius between the two? Picasso or Prince? They both went by one name. You have to be considered somewhat of a master to be one-named, right? So, a trust, probate, power of attorney... A will, advanced health care directive, all help provide for your family. If I die, I want my ashes spread here. If I'm hospitalized, I want to stay in a coma forever and ever. Or if I'm in a coma, you can pull life support after a week or a month or a year. You want to get a trust, a will, Advanced healthcare directives, power of attorney, to help plan for disabilities. They're going to happen. The odds of you being disabled and missing time from work are way higher than the odds of you dying before 60. You can lower your expenses when you die by having a trust or a will where things can get challenged and things do get challenged and slow down in courts to make sure that you know your house wasn't tied towards something terrible or that you have your house that you didn't take it away from someone else the title's clean 
And also, estate planning can keep a business running smoothly. If you know anyone who has a small business, setting up the right amount of life insurance and things along those lines, putting it in your trust, putting it in the will, so like one business partner can actually just die and his wife doesn't have to like sue the other partner for what was was value what should have been sold on an open market in a good market in a good economy in a bad economy those are things that you don't want in my opinion you want things a little bit more clear 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air anything that you want to talk about we can talk about money investing and more trying to explain some of the ideas investments and cash and insurance so that you have a better idea of which you know mistakes you're making. Like, if I were to put life insurance, this is an area where it upsets me because I, I tend to find that you as an individual trust other people and sometimes to a fault. Um, you know, you went to college, you did your stuff, you have a job, you got married, you have a baby... And now you have to understand about life insurance in case you die and your spouse needs that income or your baby needs that money that you were going to earn over the next 20 to 30 years so that that baby can go to college. And it stinks because you would think that's it. It's not. It's more complicated from there. And what do I mean by that? It is something along the lines of, there's whole life insurance. There's variable life insurance. There's term life insurance. And the truth is, the one that you need is term. And you invest the rest. It's what I've done. Now, do you think I'm going to buy whole life or term life? Which one am I going to buy? The better product, right? I bought term life. It's low commissions. It's no commissions. And it covers the years where people need my income. Short-term, the spouse. Long-term, the kids. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested in more. Don't be shy, ladies and gentlemen. we got a lot to talk about. Halloween is here. It's a spooktacular event, right? Be smart today, okay? Uh, first and foremost, it's it used to be fun living in New York City and Halloween because you'd see people limping down the road with an axe, and you're like, I wonder if this is the beginning of the end. But things are so cleaned up these days. Um, let's talk a little bit about Halloween and how much we actually spend. It is a very spooky calendar day. Um, I can tell you that we spend too much. It's a little bit out of control, if you know what I'm saying. So a couple of things that we spend on, about $86.27 is what the average American will spend. 
It's an $8.8 billion holiday. If you go full on with all the traditional trappings of Halloween, your spending will jump up to $321. Now that includes some stuff like uh, cards. Uh, it's a big holiday. People will send each other uh, greeting cards. But kids' costumes come in at about $46, almost $47 for two. Um, to give you an idea, that's a lot of money, right? Well, you're on a budget if you're on a budget. We're going to spend about $3.2 billion this year dressing up as other characters. Now, that includes, like, Game of Thrones and other things, right? Cosplay is a thing. Most popular costumes for kids this year? Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever Spider can for the girls, the lady in your life. A little dress up as Jasmine from Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> I don't know about that, right? Uh, adult costumes? We spend a little bit more money than the kiddies do. They're spending about $23.50 for a costume. We spend about $45 as adults. About Whoa. a third of Americans plan to throw or attend a Halloween party this year. That means a whole lot of spending on costumes. Um... If you want to dress up as Levin from Netflix's television show, Stranger Things, it's going to cost you about $54, according to the retail outlets. If you want to be Police Chief Hopper, about $60 if you bought a branded costume. Oh, my, my, my. In a number that I simply can't believe, if it weren't from Nerf, the National Retail Foundation, I wouldn't believe it. The average cost of a pumpkin... Three dollars and forty-two cents. I don't believe that. It feels like it's like six, seven, eight dollars at least. What do you? Forty-four percent of Americans are planning to carve a pumpkin this year. Okay, okay. Uh, according to the NERF, the National Retail Foundation, that's uh, about three dollars and fifty cents for the gourd of the year, which is way down from last year's six dollars and sixteen cents. Why were pumpkins so expensive last year? You could thank Starbucks for pushing the holiday a little bit further. Pumpkins are needed for everything from pies and muffins to savory soups and casseroles. Yummy. Uh, a bowl. If you're one of those people who has a really cool Halloween bowl that's all ceramic and, and different and you only use it one day a year, there's going to run you about 20 bucks, right? Basic decorations around your house. Nothing spectacular. Nothing spectacular. $27. Three out of four of Americans are planning to buy decorations. $2.7 billion on this holiday for decorating things like posable skeletons. Are you with me? Against me. They're posable, but they're never quite as nice as you want them to. Now, the people who go all out on Halloween, and you know who you are, an interactive decoration is going to run you about $78. Some sort of interactive prop that'll terrify anyone passing by with sudden lights, loud noises. A skeleton with lights and sounds on it. 20 bucks. A human-sized skeleton that screams, rattles, and shakes and does flashlights anytime people walk by. 160 bucks. Now here's the one that I just, I, I love. I love it. I love it. Pet costumes. Americans will spend $11.41 on Fido this year to dress them up as an animal, uh, dress them up as probably an R2-D2. 
or something along those lines. Americans live with 76.8 million dogs and 58.3 million cats. And our furry pals like to get dressed up for Halloween. Um, go to Instagram, go to Pinterest today, lunchtime, maybe at a break, have a cup of coffee. And you'll just, you'll love it. Like seeing a, a dog dressed up as a simple lion. Oh, it's so cute. Or a bumblebee or a princess. Now, eh. The thing I kind of love about this, and it just keeps going back to Halloween, is a fun fantasy night where we get a little bit of escapism. I'm sure there'll be some Donald Trumps knocking on your door tonight, right? But, like, uh, I'll see a Disney. I'll see a Toy Story character. I'll see Woody. I'll go, hey, little booga booga, you want some candy? And And he's dressed up as Woody from Toy Story. And in my head, I'm not going, oh, how cute. I'm going, Disney's making money. Hand over foot. I, I kind of hate admitting this, but recently I've started watching horror movies in the middle of the night when I can't sleep or when I just get up too early. Sometimes I go to bed super early and I, I get up super early. And that's never a good thing. So uh, just watching some of the classic Halloweens and some of the classic Friday the 13th and you quickly learn, like, these were awful things. They were awful. Awful. Um, but yeah, DVDs, Netflix, uh, that's a cost of Halloween in theory, if you totally get it into it. Do you remember the old scare fests and going out on Halloween's, uh, hay rides and things like that? It's an expensive holiday is all I want to get at. And again, make sure you max out your 401k long before you do this. It is a great holiday. And since, like I said, it's, it's a lot of escapism and who doesn't love to dress up? Uh, but it is, Big do re me to the tune of $321 if you go all in and $8.8 billion for the United States. Not too shabby. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.